Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Tuesday. Get a little closer to the championship games in the NFL. There's always coaching news going on, it seems like, this time of year. Plenty of basketball to talk about, including the Longhorns getting back in conference play and the Jayhawks not being able to handle conference play lately. That Big 12 is tough. We tell you all the time. It's Chad Zay on a Tuesday. I'm Chad Hastings, joined once again by Isaiah Collier. He'll definitely be talking some basketball today. What's up, Zay? What's poppin', Chad? Happy Tuesday, everybody. Feeling good, and I can't wait to throw this conspiracy theory out for that ass today. A conspiracy theory? Oh, yeah, that I love. That's just going to shake up the Cowboys world and all the fans. They're probably going to look at me like I'm crazy, but hey. I love okay. having fun with y'all. I do love a Cowboys conspiracy theory, so we'll start with that. Uh, and again, Zay's going to be dealing with a lot of basketball today. Could you not find like an NBA game or a, or a sixth grade game to deal with today? You got the high school action coming tonight again on KBVO, and you got to be at, at, I don't know if you follow live or you just have to get home and then watch the Longhorns. How do you do that? So I always have to tell Roger Wallace, Roger, shut the hell up. Do not tell me what's happening in this Texas game. And he loves to muck with me, too. He always oh, like, no. you sure you don't want to know what's going on? Like <laughs> last week, it uh-huh. was the uh, Kansas-Kansas State game, and he was letting me know what was happening in that game. He was like, Texas is playing now. You sure you don't want to know what's going on? I'm yeah. like, yeah, Roger, I- I'm sure. So I always have it ready for me when I get to the crib. And since it's an 8 o'clock game tonight for Texas, 7 o'clock game for Conley versus Georgetown. That's a little better. That's a lot better. Yeah, yeah. I have time to get home, shower. Well, probably shot before, but get yeah. home, relax, and yeah. One of the toughest things during my life doing this job is it's gotten harder and harder to do a media shutdown. Media shutdown used to be fairly easy before phones, social media, and all that. So I actually pulled it off with Cowboys Niners. We got done with the funeral service. We went and ate, and the Bengals' bills was still on. By the time we packed up at the house and we were leaving, Cowboys hadn't kicked off yet. Okay. So I got my, my wife. No, she's been with me long enough yeah, to make the agreement. She, knows I said, she got herself into. I said, "Honey, can you do the? Can you do media shutdown for me?" She said, "I got you." And I told told the you know told the kid. Now my kid doesn't follow it. I said, "Both y'all know. Don't say anything." Okay, we're good. So we literally had a had a nice drive home. Let the kid drive us part of the way home. You know, training her to drive and everything. Focused on that. I got home and started the game at like 7.45 p.m., and I did not know anything. So I was able to pull it off. Hopefully you'll be able to do that with Texas basketball tonight. We do have uh, football and basketball to uh, to get into. Before we get into the Cowboys uh, conspiracy theory and some other stuff with Zay, a couple of uh, serious notes to, to start the show, but we did want to make sure that we send our thoughts, prayers, best wishes out to the Vandegrift family, the Spring family, this young man, Graylin Spring, who went to Vandegrift and uh, was at SFA as a receiver, died in a car crash over the weekend. My wife showed it to me because she's SFA. So she saw it through the lumberjack side of things and follows that program very closely. Um, just And then she says, oh, my God. He went to Vandegrift. So uh, to all those Viper folks out there, um, just you know, keep the Spring family in your thoughts. I know that community right now is trying to, to – not trying to. They are coming together and helping that family out. But, Zay, it is the ultimate nightmare for any parent out there. I am literally teaching my, my child how to drive right now, and it's the last thing a parent wants to hear. I've been out there on Highway 59 in East Texas. I know about those roads very well, and it was a, a crash with an 18-wheeler. Just so unfortunate to hear about. Also, uh, rest in peace to a, a young man named Micah. 
Makafuse, I'm assuming is how you say the name. He was a former SFA baseball player that also died in this crash. So terrible to hear about that, man. Yeah, absolutely horrible. Like you said, just the last thing a parent would want to get from a call. And heart goes out to that family, both of those families. Heart goes out to the Vandergrift community. And yeah, just (laughs) one of those things that you just become numb to. I saw the story on Mm -hmm. social media and I glanced at it and once I saw what happened I just kept on scrolling because I just it's so sad so young didn't really get to live out full life and yeah just gotta cherish every day we say it all the time on this station on these airwaves but it just seems more and more true all these stories that you hear you saw what happened with Georgia right after they won their national championship so sad there and yeah just gotta live every day like it's your last and smile and talk to everybody that you can to you know hopefully make your life better yeah and also that reminder we keep we don't remind ourselves enough but just be careful out there on the roadways it's a wet day out there when it rains people can get a little crazy out there on the road so uh when it rains i always say be careful but not too careful because sometimes people get really out of control careful uh, and that can also cause problems but please be careful out there so many distractions now in the car and and it was a nice slow ride for me coming in oh i bet man i hope yeah i hope everybody's good and safe and sound and uh dry today also uh on the local kind of a local feel to a story um and this is not something i would normally do send out positive wishes to somebody that's involved in a story like this but we have talked about charles amenahue on the show before he was an intern here at the station with us and i saw this story today which could be a distraction for the nfc title game for the niners amenahue arrested on suspicion of misdemeanor domestic violence yesterday according to a release from the san jose police department this was yesterday afternoon it is a woman who is saying that uh, when she called Called in the report. A woman called the report. Uh, Menahue, who is her boyfriend, uh, pushed her to the ground during an argument. No visible injuries were observed, um, and she did complain of pain in her arm, but declined medical attention. That's kind of where that story is now. The team says they're gathering information. So on the football side, Zay, that could be a distraction as you lead into the game. But just on that personal level, um, man, I, you know, I hope this is some kind of misunderstanding, or I hope it's maybe not as described. You, you don't want, you know somebody you know and like to be involved in a story like that but I hope that all works out for Charles and his girlfriend the way it needs to that's a serious story yeah and not gonna have any speculations right now but it's gonna be interesting to see if he'll be on the field come Sunday I mean, you talk about it being a distraction. If you're John Lynch and San Francisco 49ers, you got a decision to make on, you know, how obviously they're going to look into it, but how deep is it? And if Charles will be able to play this Sunday, I it's very unfortunate. And like you said, just hope everything's well. But we've been dealing with a lot of that down here lately. Yes, exactly. <laughs> down the 40. So it's, it's a very touchy subject, and you got to see it all the way through. Yeah, the other thing is he had that injury in the Cowboys game. Yeah. He hurt his oblique. I never realized what that was until I'm reading in a story here. He was able to come back in the game, as you pointed out yesterday, but uh, now we'll just see. It could be the injury, uh, too, that that may keep him out of the game. So, a couple of serious stories to start with, but we did want to mention those. Um, there's a lot of football out there. we got an update for you on, uh, on a coordinator position. But first, let's get into some Cowboys stuff. Well, we'll get to Zay's conspiracy theory after I report a weird story. It's not a story if any other person in this job in the NFL doesn't do a radio hit. But Jerry Jones didn't do his radio hit on 105.3 today, Zay. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Mm. Now, I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure it's happened mid-season. Jerry's a businessman. He's a busy man. He's got stuff to do. I'm sure he hasn't done every single interview for the last, you know, 30-something years. But the fact that it's right after this loss, um, you know, we'll see if that's anything. But uh, It takes a little more time for an 80-something-year-old to get over hangovers off the Johnny Walker Blue. Right. Yeah, it, 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 it takes a little bit more time for him to get over the hangover. It affects him differently yeah, now? Yeah, it does. Yeah, no, he is 80 years old now, so uh, I've been saying for years he shouldn't be doing radio shows and he shouldn't be getting interviewed by the media, but that's Jerry, so we'll see if that is anything. But just to let you know, Cowboys fans, if you've always been bugged by that, maybe a little bit of happiness today that Jerry was not on the radio rambling like an 80-year-old uh, about this football team. So, Zay, 
You have some. I haven't even heard this. You have some sort of yeah. Dallas Cowboys conspiracy to lay on us? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of y'all seen the tweet, but if you haven't, Dallas Cowboys a couple of days ago put out a tweet basically blaming Dak for the loss. It says Dak Prescott gave away the ball twice and a narrow loss to the 49ers in a matchup that Cowboys had a chance to win. If they didn't, again, generate self-inflicted wounds. This is a weird thing to do from a personal account. From the Cowboys That's from the team account? That's from the team account. Are we sure that Micah Parsons isn't in charge of that account? That's now. (laughs) Here comes a conspiracy. Okay, here we go. Remember, a week ago, Dak Prescott was on the sidelines saying, why don't we effing go for two? Mm -hmm, Because Brent Maher was smoking kicks out the yin-yang, missed four in that wild card game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I told y'all, Brett Maher is going to be salty about that, and he should go bash Dak Prescott when he gets a chance to. But that's just me being petty. Mm -hmm. But Brett, he ain't forget. He ain't forget what Dak was saying. So Brett, when he got the chance... Dak's going to muck up again. We know Dak leading interceptions. We know he's going to do it again. And he did a couple of days ago against San Fran where Brett had somebody on the low, somebody in tech, hack the Cowboys' account. Wow. And put this tweet out there. You're accu- I'm just throwing that out there. You're accusing the Cowboys. You're saying the Cowboys' kicker might have hacked the team account to rip the quarterback. That's your theory? I think he paid off somebody to hack it, but yes. Now, that's Grassy Knoll stuff right there. <laughs> that is Grassy Knoll. I can see you from the school book depository window on the Grassy Knoll. I'm reaching. Dealey Plaza, isn't that what it's called in Dallas? Yeah. My God. Yeah, yeah. I'm reaching like Stockton 91, that- but it's. I'm just saying, <laughs> I told y'all. The way that Dak went at Brett last week, he had no right. He had no right. Dak, you could have made our lives a lot easier beforehand. Yeah, he did hang the guy out. It was a bit of a hang your guy out to dry. He didn't know that was being caught on camera, but... Nah, you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, dog. Yeah, you you gotta know. know all the cameras on you. Right. Every time you step on the field, every time you get to the arena and you pull up in the whip, the camera's on you. Yeah. You're you right. gotta know, Dak. You're fair. You're you're correct. Just like Stefan Diggs probably needed to know all the cameras were on him. We'll get to that. Oh, up- he ain't even killing McKell. We'll get to that updated story in the crap bag today, along with some Tom Brady sound. Uh, that's a little later on. So the Cowboys, yeah, that was a weird way, just a weird way to phrase the tweet. I don't know if I almost took that like. Wait, was Dak nearby when that person was sending the tweet out? And Dak was like, no, no, you put that on me. You put that on me. Because he said it in the media. He took it all on himself and said, I can't do that. And I made bad throws. Did he tell them to tweet it that way? I I mean, it's weird. Why would you? It's a weird, weird thing. Why would you throw your quarterback under the bus unnecessarily? We watched, Yeah, like he, he knows he was bad. We watched the game. We understand that. You're the team. Say the say the Cowboys lost to the Niners and 2024 or sorry 23 season tickets will be on sale blank schedule comes out April whatever the draft is so and so can't wait for the combine wait ready for next year something something I mean I get that players are going to have their feelings and did you see these Micah Parsons comments after the game because I was just so mad I hadn't even heard all the different comments. Micah kind of went off on the offense a little bit. Did he really? And it was it was a respectful version, but he said, hey, you know, we held him down to 19. We held him under 20. You would have thought maybe that would be enough. And then he said, hey, we didn't make plays. We didn't make enough plays. He didn't say Dak's name, and he didn't say the offense specifically. But, you know, to me, he's got every right to do that. I thought he did it respectfully, and he's the leader <laughs> of a badass defense that just held somebody under 20 and is thinking, really? Come on, Dak. Come on, offense. You needed two and two. Two touchdowns, two field goals, and we win. That's it. And my man gave you the two field goals. He handed you – he gave them to you, even though he's been weird lately, and you couldn't come up with the two touchdowns. Yeah. So I get why Micah Parsons might be a little salty on that situation. He needs to put that energy to his boy Trayvon Diggs, too, on the whiff. 
Yes. The whiff job. Trayvon Diggs, I know you're a lockdown defender and all, and you led the league in interceptions a year ago, but uh, all offseason you need to be doing tackling drills, my brother. Tackling drills on Big Bro. He, mm. Big Bro needs to get tackled too. Yeah, with, with his ignorant self. You don't want the rep to get out there that you are afraid of contact. It's, yeah. al- it's almost like he and Donovan Wilson now have the opposite problem. One of them is not great in coverage but will tackle you all day. The other can cover but does not want to tackle you. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they, together they'd make a really badass defensive back, but separately they can give you problems. That's where people harp on Dion. Like the only knock on Dion, people say he couldn't tackle. That's it. I mean, he didn't get many opportunities because nobody really threw his way ever. Right. And Dion, Dion would show you a little footage where yeah, he there's mi- a couple of might have glimpse, had to. You know, yeah, that. but overall, Dion Sanders wasn't known for his tackling. And it seems like the way Trayvon Diggs goes about the way he plays, it's always just about forcing turnovers, whether that's, you know, plucking the ball from a fumble or going for picks, where sometimes he goes for way too many picks at the wrong moments. But, yeah, that's just too big of a moment for him not to make just no contact at all. That was tough. That was tough. Uh, We got text already rolling in. Remember, Specs text line 337-3776. This says, if Zay's conspiracy is right, Jerry would have taken it down by now. The fact that he hasn't says more than anything. That's so petty. That's interesting, too. It goes out from the team... If it had been hacked, then obviously the team would just say, hey, we were hacked, it's taken down or whatever. The fact that the team phrased it that way, that is is bizarre. Uh, If you're you're a Cowboys fan, we know you're still processing. Trust me, I'm still processing. I was making Dak, Tim Tebow references yesterday, and I shouldn't have. I was was acting out of anger. I understand that. (laughs) If you're doing the similar things, please. We're here for you. It's therapy week. It's not just therapy Monday when you lose like that in that game. So we're, we're going to continue to talk about it. Um, the other quick NFL story I want to make sure we hit in this segment, Zay, is the Bill O'Brien update. So Nick Saban now needs a new OC and a new DC. So let's start on the Bama side of this story. Uh, he, I didn't realize he'd already lost his DC. Pete Golding is going to Ole Miss. Had you heard that? I missed that part of the story. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've heard that. I missed that one the other day. Now, all co- I heard Spencer Sanders going to Old Miss. That's the Old Miss story. Spencer Sanders is going to Old Miss. Yeah, and then on the other side of the ball, now, um, you know, the Lane Train has decided that his uh, his sharks weren't biting enough because they weren't at times. They would give up a ton on the ground. So Pete Golding coming over, lateral move. Well, lateral move, depending on how you look at it. But coordinator to coordinator job. He's going to be the D.C. at Ole Miss. Now Bill O'Brien has decided. There have been rumors about it. Now it's official. He's going back to New England to be the offensive coordinator. They've had numbers slip all over the place in New England. So he's going to be their O.C., and Saban needs to replace OC and DC. By the way, here's how you know you're a badass and probably the best. The last time Saban replaced both, they won it all. They won a natty the last time he had to do this. Yeah. 2017. Yeah, because like the great Bucky Gobble says, at some point the talent just overrides the coaching. Woo. Yep. It doesn't matter who you bring in. Just bring in somebody that kind of knows what they're doing. But if you have top top two recruiting classes – Every single year, that kind of helps. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. And if I'm a Patriots fan, I don't know how many Patriots fans we have that listen to the show, but now they can at least be excited about the fact that their offensive coordinator will have called offensive plays (laughs) and is an actual offensive coach. It's not the Matt Patricia thing. It's not the Joe Judge thing. They put a mess together last year, we've told you why, to protect Matt Patricia's money. And I guess now, after one year, they don't have to protect his money anymore. So they're saying they were going to search for an OC. And there's a story I read today where everything's gone down for them this year. Red zone efficiency, third down efficiency, first downs, et cetera, et cetera. They did Mac Jones a huge disservice in 2022. Yeah, and they almost made the playoffs. Yeah, and you're right. With how much of a joke their offense was and Mac Jones throwing tipper tantrums and whatnot, they still almost made the playoffs. So we know Bill Belichick, at the end of the day, he's going to 
bring in a guy that he's familiar with and he's comfortable with. And mm-hmm. Bill O'Brien being there in like what early 2010s around that era, he's familiar with Bill O'Brien and he's comfortable with him calling plays. So you're not gonna step on Bill Belichick's uh, toes or anything like that, which is why he's been, you know, he's always had his guys. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be his guys until he retires. He's always gonna yeah. have somebody that he's been with along this long ass ride that he's been in with the NFL, he's going to bring guys he knows just because that's his comfort. So, uh, you know, say what you want about Bill O'Brien. I know he had, you know, a bad stint with the Texans. I think this is a upgrade. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's definitely an upgrade. Yeah, no doubt. He's one of those guys. We've talked about him before. There are some people in sports, but specifically football, when you can look at coordinators, head coaches, some guys may not be the perfect one, but they are a badass too. For sure. They are a badass coordinator. And at times, O'Brien's been pretty damn good. 09 to, t- uh, to 11 okay, is yeah, when he yeah, was yeah, there. Yeah. So he would have been there the year they beat Texas. That's the 09 season, if I'm not mistaken, right? Wouldn't that have been t- uh, 2009 when they played Texas for the national title? Cole McCoy? I think that's the 09 season. No, I think he was with New England then. Okay. I'm sorry with New England. You're right. My bad. My bad. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm putting him yeah. in Al- I'm putting him at Alabama way too late. Sorry, I'm, my brain just got crossed up. You're right. He was with the Patriots 09 to, to 2011. So at that time frame when Texas was playing Bama, right. he was with New England. And then he went to Penn State 2012 and 13. Then Houston was 2014 to 2020. Um, the other disturbing sentence in this story, if I'm a Patriots fan, is this one. Belichick also oversaw a streamlining of the offense, changing the blocking terminology for offensive linemen, in which one of his goals was to produce more big plays down the field. Huh? Changing the blocking terminology for offensive linemen? Dude, I know you're the best. You're going to re- revamp it that far? That far. After Did he do that all, mid-season? After all this. I don't know. What, I'm assuming it was before the season started, but really? But it's, if it's guys that are familiar with your system already, that's very it, odd. It's not like you're getting fresh new batch of offensive linemen like it's junior college or something. My man's got six rings in his pocket. He's changing blocking terminology? I don't know. I don't understand that. that they, they've gone through a weird year. We'll see what they look like He's now. He's a defensive guy. So through and through, he's a defensive guy. Yeah, he is. What we've learned more and more through the years that the guy calling the plays paired with a quarterback is such an important relationship in football. And now you got Bill O'Brien dealing with Mac Jones. Can he turn Mac Jones into something that might even you know push up towards that really good, very good elite level? Uh, because we know Bill is elite. We know Belichick is always feels elite, and the Patriots always feel like a threat. Can Bill O'Brien? Crank that offense back up with Mac Jones next year. We'll Yo, see. Danny Boy taking his second interview with Arizona this week. Oh, is that Dan right? Dan Quinn, yep. Oh, man. That's the one thing as a Cowboys fan that I'm pretty sure of right now is that Dan Quinn's gone. He's gone. Somebody's going to make that guy a head coach with the energy from Micah Parsons, that defense. Heck, they just held San Francisco to 19 points. Yeah. I mean, you talk about striking while the iron's hot. I would think this is Dan Quinn's moment to get back into the big chair. Yeah, and Michael Parsons, go look at the footage. Trent Williams, I think he got the best out of Michael Parsons mm-hmm. in that game. And the Cowboys still did what they did on holding uh, the 49ers under 20. But, yeah, Dan Quinn just striking while the iron's hot. He's got to make this move. And, you know, I, I think the Broncos, even though they kind of screwed him over last year, I think the Broncos – that seems like the best fit. I think he could change what Russell Wilson had with mm. what, what Nathaniel Hackett. Hackett, you, oh, th- you think he'll go right back to a defensive guy? Because they were on the well, de- they went old older defensive coach for a while. Then they tried to go young offensive mind. You think they're going to go right back to defense? Pull, I think he could bring somebody in that yeah. could actually work with Russell Wilson and do what Russell Wilson does well, like get out of the pocket and make plays with his legs, not only his arm. And Nathaniel Hackett, he didn't understand that early on. But, yeah, I, I just think that defense is very promising with the uh, Broncos. Yeah, like, no. They, they get lit up one time for like 50, but. No, there's something to build on there. Definitely. Yeah. And he can make the argument, he could set it up like he did in Atlanta, where he's running that defense and he put a yeah. big-time offensive mind when he had Shanahan doing it. And well, Shanahan and Sarkeesian both did it. And he can make that argument, too. Patrick Sertan, the second, first-team All-Pro this year. Second year in the league. There you go. Just like that, corner. Yeah. 
There it is. Uh, we'll keep our eyes peeled for that story, see if Dan Quinn does come back for the Cowboys, or is it going to be him getting a head coaching job? We'll talk NFL. we got basketball to get into as well. Uh, up next, it's the Right Call segment. Zay will get you set up for Texas and Oklahoma State. It is an 8 o'clock tip tonight from the Moody Center. 7.30 pregame, and you, go, you are going to hear the game right here. Stay with us. It's the Horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I feel like this is what I'm supposed to know. (laughs) This feels like everything I was listening to for about eight years. But I'm not sure if I've identified the voice yet. Oh my God, I'm going to feel so bad when you say this one. School of Hard Knocks? Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's what it's called. Wow. When it first started, it, it kind of sounded like the dude from Kicks, but I don't think it's him. I really don't know. I don't know. Tell me who it is. Black and Blue. All right. I know of the band. My brother saw Black and Blue open for Kiss one time, but I wasn't there, and I was never really into Black and Blue. That explains why I don't know it. Good band name, though. Oh, yeah. Black and Blue. Yeah. Yeah, they had a little bit of hair. They may have been. I don't know enough of their history to know if they were one of those L.A. Sunset Strip bands, but there you go. A little black and blue to get you started today. Cowboys certainly feeling that way after the game with the Niners. Uh, I rewatched Bengals and Bills uh, in the snow last night. That was a hell of a snowstorm, man. That never stopped. No. It just snowed the entire game. Uh, We'll get you that Stefan Diggs update if you haven't heard it. And the Tom Brady getting snippy with Jim Gray moment from the podcast coming up in the crap bag. Uh, It's a nice little moment. We'll play it, and Zay and I will talk about how staged or not staged that moment might have been. We will also be talking some basketball today. Coming up at 1, we'll uh, take a look around the Big 12. In case you haven't noticed, Kansas can't win basketball games lately. That makes everybody smile outside of Lawrence, uh, and those K-State Wildcats continue to play really good ball. We'll go around the conference a little bit at 1. Right now, though, we are going to focus in on the Texas game for tonight. If you haven't been to the Moody Center or you just want to get back out there, tonight is your night. Texas and Oklahoma State is it an it is an eight o'clock tip and uh, it's time for the right call segment. Zay's going to get you set up for the Longhorns and the Cowboys for the second time this year. Zay, yeah, good looking out, Chad. The right call segment is brought to you by Syntex Tickets. Go to syntextickets.com for your concerts, theater, stand up, and of course sports tickets we just had sam morell on last week you could have got your syntax tickets there i know joe rogan has a show coming out soon go to syntaxtickets.com for that about five tickets left you hear bucky gobble on these airwaves say shelby get them to me and get them to me quick get everything at syntaxtickets.com and yeah chad another big time game for the longhorns another big time opportunity tonight at the Moody Center at 8 o'clock. And if you remember last game against Oklahoma State, it was a battle. I mean, Oklahoma State, they shot 30%. Texas shot 
32%. Oklahoma <laughs> State shot 29% from three. Texas shot 28% from three. So, yeah, that was just kind of what that game was. And I expect it to be a dogfight just like it was uh, on January 7th. Now, Oklahoma State, they're riding some momentum these last few games. They beat a really good Iowa State team on Saturday, the team that the Horns lost to a few days ago or a week ago, I say, and they played Iowa State well. Caleb Grill had zero points. Zero. Wow, they held him scoreless. Scoreless. That's tough only, to do. That's very tough to do, especially with you know how good and how hot that he could get. So they're going to come in with a lot of confidence, and they still got Avery Anderson. He went for, what, 12, 18 points against Iowa State. He could get hot at any moment. Caleb Boone had a pretty good game against the Horns the first go-around. And, you know, Asabury, Caleb Asabury, the Pflugerville High Caleb Azabari. Okay. Yeah, he's a transfer from Texas State, Central Texas native. So coming back home, he's going to want to get some revenge on the horns, not only losing on January 7th, but being a hometown kid and not being recruited by a Texas, I know that he's going to want to come in and show out for his family. So, yeah, I, I think it's a big opportunity for the Horns. Marcus Carr, he's going to have to continue to play well. You know, the bigs, they've played well as of late. Dylan DeSue mm-hmm. and you know uh, uh, Christian Bishop, they played really well in that West Virginia game. But what just hangs in the air for the Horns Tyrese Hunter, will he be able to finish games? And if he does, will he be able to be productive? Either he's finishing games and he's not playing well, or he's able to play the whole game and he's not playing well, or he is playing well and he has to leave due to cramps. Like, we haven't seen him just play well and finish out games really all year long or at the beginning of the season when the Horns were playing Gonzaga and uh, Creighton. So I... It's going to be a tough game with what you got upcoming with Tennessee and Baylor and Kansas and going to Kansas State. This is a win, must-win type of game tonight. I'm not going to say it's as major as it was last week because we're going to talk about the 1 o'clock hour. Kansas, they're treading on water. They're not playing as well. Iowa State just lost. So just hanging in the middle of the pack and playing good basketball down, down the line, I think that's more important than – Really just seeing these wins on the board. If you get these wins, of course you want them, but just playing good basketball, that's what you want to see going into March. And we know with this schedule, it's going to give you everything that you want. So I, the Horns need this win tonight for show, but I don't think it's as big as a must win as it was when they were going up against West Virginia. So again, an 8 o'clock tip tonight, and if you'll recall, um, the first time these two teams played, that's the first game after the Chris Beard deal. It was January 7th, and then... Like an official him being right. done. The, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once they knew, um, yeah, right, when they knew that he was not going to be back, then they go to Stillwater. It was like two or three days after that. So they had to kind of reset them, you know, reset themselves and, um, you know, and get ready for that. Is that the time frame on it, or was that when... That sounds when the, right. Or is that just when it happened? No, no, because it happened back in December. It happened in December. The incident was in December, right? And right, so they'd had a, a couple of those games. That's when they found out, right, that he was uh, that he'd been fired, and then they go to Stillwater, and you mentioned the ugliness in that game. Twelve for Carr. Allen had eleven. Those were the two leading scores. Another guy I'm going to watch in this game, Zay Dylan Mitchell, just invisible in the last game, an offer. He took the oh, he took man. the collar too. That can't happen. The bigs overall have given you a little something, and you found some good shots inside. But it's like sometimes twenty three is not there. They need to they need to kind of find him some some moments because that dude can bring the Moody Center to life. Yeah, when he's on. Yeah, absolutely. And his defense and this hustle that's the number one thing with him. Like he needs to focus on those things because he's not the type of score that you would think a big time five star recruit would come in. He's a hustle guy. He's a do whatever it takes for the team guy. Dive on the floor and then use his athleticism to help in any way possible. But he's not going to get you twenty. He's not going to look for his own shot. So Marcus Carr, Tyrese Hunter, Serge Jabari Rice, they got to help get him going. 
open by when they drive and penetrate so he could go along the baseline and get those highlight dunks like you're mentioning Chad so the freshmen they've hit a wall Arterio Morris and Dylan Mitchell they've hit a wall yeah, that a lot of freshmen hit I remember Greg Brown with his traveling self uh, a couple of years ago <laughs> like every time he caught the ball and tried to make a move he would travel now he's playing in the association, just trying to get minutes for the Portland Trailblazers. So it's a process. And, you know, when you got guys like Serge Abari Rice, who's been solid all year long, Marcus Carr averaging 17 a game, we know what he's brought to the table. Whenever that shot clock's going down, you know you could put the ball in Marcus Carr's hands and he could get you a shot. Texas didn't have that last year. I don't think they had the confidence. They, I think they had that. I just don't think Chris Beard gave them the confidence to really showcase their skills offensively and get into that one-on-one -on -one breakdown mode. So I, the freshmen, they got to bring it. Brock Cunningham, he had a really solid game against Oklahoma State. The first go-around hit two huge threes, and if he wouldn't have made those threes, I don't think the Horns would have won in Stillwater that day. So I... Everybody needs to bring their A game. Everybody needs to help uh, uh, Marcus Carr when it comes to scoring. Timmy Allen, he can't go for his single-digit performances, two points, you know, getting his shot blocked down there. He's got to be better. And uh, we just haven't seen this team everybody clicking at all cylinders. That's what's exciting. That's why, you know, I, I just want to see some good basketball down the line. We know this team's going to make the tournament. We know they're going to, you know, be seated probably, you know, round three, maybe four five. If they make a good run, they can make, push themselves up to the two. I don't think they could be a one seed. But, you know, we haven't seen everybody click on all cylinders yet. Mm -hmm. Marcus Carr has a good game, but, you know, Tyrese Hunter doesn't. Dylan Mitchell, he struggles, but Chris Christian Bishop does well, you know, Timmy Allen does well, Dylan DeSue doesn't. It's just not everybody has been able to click. And if they could click, if they could find some type of rhythm where everybody's playing well, everybody's bringing something to the table, Timmy Allen's giving you, you know, great assist, the turnover ratio, great mid-range game, Arterio Morris is bringing something off the bench, it's igniting some type of spark offensively. His defense has been pretty good, but offensively, Arterio Morris just, he, he hasn't been consistent like you would hope for, for a team that has Final Four aspirations, and I think the Horns still do do i think the top 16 top six teams in the big 12 right now all can make the final four it just depends on who could get hot at the right time we know that's all that's what the tournament's about mm -hmm. you could go into your conference tournament losing like the last three win that tournament and make it to the final four we've seen it multiple times that kimball walker team did something like that when they won it so it's possible you just got to find that rhythm and i think coach terry and his coaching staff they're still hunting for that Survive in advance. That's what you got to do when you get to March. We'll see if the Longhorns can survive Oklahoma State tonight. Get on out to the Moody Center if you want to be a part of it. 8 o'clock tip. That should give everybody a chance to get there and really get fired up. That atmosphere is now starting to become uh, uh, certainly a conference story and a national story as well every time the Longhorns are on TV. All right, coming up, we will get to the crap bag. If you haven't heard the Tom Brady sound, we'll play that for you. A shoot or a work? We'll talk about it. Plus, Stefan Diggs, the day after, he was on Twitter with some thoughts. Are we going to tell you about it? Yeah. Does he want us to talk about it? Nah. This is the horn. Here we go. No, maybe not. They're warming up to it. Here we go. Here we go. Come on. Wow. It took a turn, didn't it? Took a turn down a dark corridor. Yeah, I'm just going to say, all y'all think I'm a crazy metalhead. This may be a little too far for me. This may be a little, I may be a better, I may be a little more of a, uh, you know, rainbows and clouds person than this song. So I don't know, but I'll guess, um, Sepultura. I have no idea. Razors. Razors? Yeah. 
Well, Evil you, Invaders. You are finding them today. Razor. Ra- sorry. Razor. Razor. Just R-A-Z-O-R. Yep. All right. They sound like a razor. Razor and Black and Blue getting us started today. Uh, for all you metalheads out there, I'm sorry if I just disappointed you there. Didn't know Razor or Black and Blue. Wow, that's points off. But recently, towards the back end of the show, I've had a couple of nice, couple of nice victories. The Monica moment was nice. The Nate Dog moment was nice yesterday, even though that's not that big a deal. I'm so proud of myself. Yeah. So I, I thought that was pretty good. Now, like now you, you, now the music gods have decided. Okay, Chad, if you're going to get those, we can't let you have the medal anymore. Now they're going to take it away. <laughs> it's just all. It's all balanced yeah, you have out. I've been struggling on the metal. I know. you. I'm, I'm telling you, I don't know how you do it. You end up picking either a metal band that was right before the time I was really, you know, listening to it, or you just happened to pick a band that I wasn't into or I missed them or just what, like, I've never heard of Razor. Yeah, somebody has to be in the Razor. I didn't know there was a band called Razor. So just a reminder, you cannot know it all in music. You can't, can't know every single thing. That would take too long. Uh, real quick, before we get to the crap bag, how about this, Zay? Money is coming in on the Bengals for the AFC title game. It's Cincinnati minus two and a half right now. Yeah. What's that tell everybody? That, that high ankle sprain is serious. That Mahomes thing. Yesterday, the Chiefs kind of put out this statement about, we are preparing as if Patrick will play. Huh? What would? Well, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Why would you need to say it like that? So maybe that kind of freaks some people out, but those Vegas folks and the money seems to be headed in on Cincinnati. Cincinnati minus 2.5. Same thing for Philly uh, in the NFC. Philly minus 2.5 is what I'm seeing Right now. I'd take Patrick Mahomes if he was in a Greg Abbott wheelchair than <laughs> Chad Henney. Sorry, Chad. Great 98-yard drive that you put on and against the Jaguars, but... Oh, yeah. No, you'd obviously rather... You'd rather have Mahomes on a, on one leg. Chad, they, the Cincinnati Bengals, they're calling this game Burrowhead. That's what they call Arrowhead Stadium. They call wow. it Burrowhead well, because... Because they beat them last year. Because they beat them last year in yeah. Joe Burrow's record against Patrick Mahomes and the Bengals' record ever since Joe Burrow's gotten on the team when they go and play Kansas City. On the CBS broadcast I was re-watching yesterday, they go to halftime, or maybe it was post-game, and Boomer Esiason was like, I tell you, this Cincinnati group, man, they are confident. Phil oh. Simms said, no, they're not. They're cocky. They're cocky. And they know it, and they know they're good, and it's impressive to watch. Uh, we will continue to talk about those teams getting ready for the championship games. Also, uh, what was the other? Oh, the other NFL news real quick. We can put this in the crap bag. Let's get into the crap bag. We'll do Brady, Stefan Diggs, and a Super Bowl update. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Your Super Bowl 57 update, Chris Stapleton is going to sing the national anthem. Babyface will sing America the Beautiful, and if you hadn't heard, it's Rihanna at halftime. Okay, so, Babyface getting back out there. How about that? Babyface going to get after America the Beautiful. That should be good. You like Rihanna? Uh, oh yeah, I'm interested to see What's that it? show. I'm interested to see what that looks like. Because she's been kind of away from it for a while, right? Yeah, she just had a baby, her and ASAP Rocky. Okay. Her current boyfriend. This I don't guy, know what they are. So this is the return This is This engagement. is like the return mm-hmm. of Rihanna. I can't wait to see what that baby weight did to that body. I'm excited about that. Now she's awesome. I mean, so talented, sexy, oh, you man. know, that look that she just that look, that aura. Yeah, Barbados around her. about her. Oh, she's so Come sexy. On. Can't wait to see what that looks like uh, get, with her back on uh, not just any stage, but that stage with knowing that there's that many people out there watching. So Super Bowl 57 coming up on February the 12th. By the way, I heard from our man Super Bowl Stu today. Stu is going to be out at the Super Bowl like he has been for us the last few years um, on Radio Row. It is super expensive to go out to the Super Bowl, so we are not going to be able to go this year, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, Stu's going out there. He's got the connections with the NFL Alumni Association. And he's gotten us some great interviews. Check this out, Zay. He told me today he's got an interview set up Thursday of Super Bowl week for us, 12-15. Earl Campbell and Tony Dorsett. Oh, man. Seriously. Running back royalty. Right? 
I don't even know. I mean, it's going to take me that long to figure out what I ask Earl Campbell and Tony Dorsett. That's incredible. Wow. So we're hoping look that. Look at that, Yeah, man. We're hoping that happens and uh, be on the lookout for more interviews and uh, more coverage from Arizona for Super Bowl 57. Yeah, I might have to let Earl know my brother needs some sausage to put on the grill because TC ain't hook a brother up none. Oh, I see. Yeah, I'm calling you out, TC. TC Speaks. I love you. Great show every Saturday from 12 to 1. See if Dad, but, see if dad has the contact. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I need some BBQ sausage because that's some good stuff. That's awesome. Uh, we do know that Tom Brady is going to have to buy a ticket for Super Bowl 57 if he wants to go. Uh, the question is, is he going to play football again? You may have heard the sound already, but let's listen to this, and I want everybody to think as it's happening. Is this a work or a shoot? Is it legit, or is this part of like the scripting of it? Here's the weekly podcast with Jim Gray and Larry Fitzgerald, and Jim Gray just had to ask. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already fucking done it. Okay, I'm taking it a day at a time. <laughs> I sense you're antagonized by the question. <laughs> you're scratching. It's only the question scratching. that everybody wants to hear. You're scratchy. <laughs> I appreciate your asking. Thank you. <laughs> Come on, man. You're, you're scratchy? I'm not sure what that is. So do you think that was legit? Is that a shoot? Is that all natural? Or do you think that they were trying to have a little fun and decided they wanted to do that? Was that pre A little bit of both. Okay. A little bit of both. I think Tom knew what he was getting himself into being asked by Jim there. But also, I think Tom is tired of answering these questions. And we know the year that they had with how they looked on Monday night. He's still pissed off that yeah. – they went out the way they did in Tampa Bay, and he wished that things could have went different. He probably wants to wish he could have finished out his career in Tampa Bay. Now, he's currently on the squad, but I don't think he'll be there next year. Also, Brock Purdy mucked up a lot of his plans to go to San Fran. Right. He, want, he was thinking about going back home. If that was the idea, that may be done. That's right? done. Got to be done That's now. That's done. Yeah. Um, I do think he was I think he was kind of having fun with it, but yeah, the the frustrations there, trying to have a little fun with it, and he knows he does a podcast with Jim Gray. There's no chance they can't address that. So I think they realized it and maybe decided to have a little bit of that kind of fun. Uh plus I do love a good F bomb. So uh well done, Tom. Well done there. We'll see. You need to ask him about the weird stuff he'd be doing with his son. Yeah, that's his son a, too old for that, Tom. Yeah, that's a whole nother deal. Yeah, that doesn't need to happen. <laughs> um and last year apparently Tom Brady decided on February first is when he released that thing it was leading up to the super bowl remember when he released that weird black and white video thing and he said he was gone and it was done and then what 40 days later is when he said no no i'm coming back Mm. so right around the beginning of february would be that same time also keep your eyes and ears peeled for uh, aaron Rodgers. maybe this week today's the day he usually goes on the pat mcafee show so if anything comes out of that uh you know you'll be kind of be on the lookout for it uh brady and Rodgers, obviously big stories in the league. The other big story coming out of, of uh, the Buffalo Cincinnati game was the antics of Stefan Diggs, where he was criticized a little bit for that late game stuff where he's talking to Josh Allen. Zay, he tweeted out three different things yesterday. First one was, You want me to be okay with losing? Nah. Then he tweeted out, Want me to be okay with our level of play when it's not up to the standard? Nah. And that's N-A-H on nah, in case you don't know. (laughs) And then the third tweet was, it's easy to criticize my reaction more than the result. End quote. End tweet. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Not easier to criticize, but it is part of the criticism. After watching the game, Zay, I will say I think it was, I think it was overcooked a little bit. Because I don't think he went full game with it. It didn't really happen until it was already 27-10. So I wanted to tell him to like get away from his quarterback, somebody go defend the quarterback or whatever. That game was done when he did it. It was over. So that was him his frustration of, oh, my God, we're down three scores now. We're not going to win this game. Now, he shouldn't have done it. I don't like the fact that he that – he What are you talking made, about specifically? I'm saying the, you, the, moment watch, ever, the moment everybody's talking about where he's on the sideline, I thought that was clearly the worst of it. Yeah. There were a couple moments during the game where he's kind of throwing the hand up or giving signals back and forth. A little, but I didn't think any of that was showing up Josh Allen. I didn't think he threw like a fit on the field that would have shown up the quarterback. You may disagree with that. You, do you think he was showing him up throughout the game? With how good Josh Allen is, yes. 
Okay. This ain't no like Ruthie Poots scrub. You're not talking to Dak. If somebody was doing this to Dak Prescott, I'd be like, okay. How dare you? How right. dare you well, say scrub it. and then immediately go to Dak Prescott? I'm sorry, Dak. You're not a scrub, but you're not top tier. And Josh Allen, I know Burrow will take Burrow. I know we'll take Mahomes, maybe Aaron Rodgers. But after that, it's Josh Allen, and then the list goes on. So this is who you're getting after, which why now? Like, I get you're frustrated here, but the DeMar Hamlin situation, like, that was a thing. We talked about the emotional fatigue that that put on the whole team yesterday. Like, mm-hmm. let's be objective about the situation, Stefan. I get it. You're a competitor. We're all competitors out here. I bet the whole 52 other your teammates are competitors also, and they don't want to lose. But with him, the hand gestures throughout the game, like, throw it up. Don't throw it down. Let me run after the catch. Like, you could see it. And then what happened after the game, him just dipping out early, Yeah, that's whack. Now, also, I, I did see an update on that story. This is wild. He was about to leave, and did you hear who got him to stay for a little bit? A practice squad running back. Some rando, maybe a rando. Do I recognize this name? Oh, you know what? This may be a kid that went to Miami. Duke Johnson. You remember that name? I think that's the running back that went to Miami, right? Mm. Yes. Fifth round, uh, third round pick in 2015. Duke Johnson is on their practice squad, and he apparently got him to at least show up for a little bit of the locker room stuff before he ultimately bolted. So apparently he was there for some of the McDermott stuff, but he didn't stay for the media afterwards but and that's what i'm talking about all of it that day not just him showing up josh allen like that's with what this team's gone through stefan diggs you're better than that the thing i didn't understand too and watching the game you didn't see a good bit of it i wanted to see more of where was the diggs and josh allen interaction while the game was still up for grabs where was that at 7 nothing, 14 nothing, 14 7, 17 7, 17 10? Where was all where was it then? Yeah. Cuz I didn't Why where's that energy towards the defense that couldn't stop no damn body? That too. And that that was the other thing. Also there was an injury in there for Diggs. He got banged up a little bit, was off the field for a little while, then came back. Then there was a pass that went to somebody else and he did look a little frustrated kind of in the flat there, but that's the communication that's got to happen. And so I almost in a way, I don't have a problem with you going up to Josh Allen and saying, hey, man, what's going on? But by the time it was that big moment at the end, it's over. It was 27-10. They had you guys in a vice by then. Yeah, You, you needed to figure it out well before that. So that's the part of it that – and that's where I'll put, a, I'll put mo, a lot more of it on him, but that's also on the quarterback. 17's got to be a part of it too. They have got to figure that out while it's going on. That's what the badasses do. The badasses get in the face of the receiver that's frustrated, and they figure it out. Yeah. It's hard to do. Real hard to do. Uh, but they do it. Yeah, Josh Allen, he wasn't good. That last part of the season, his interceptions were a problem, but a 29 other teams would take him right now. Oh, dude, he still made some throws in that game where I was like, wow. Yeah. Kid's got a rocket. Some on Specs text lines like, what's Josh Allen done, Zay? Him and Dak Prescott are in the same boat. I'm not even going to acknowledge that. Mm. I'm just going to throw that out there. That's a different, I'm, not, I'm not even going to acknowledge that. Different arm. That is a different arm. That is a different arm. I love Dak to death. He is my guy. I'll be T.O. and pat my chest and say he's my quarterback, but he doesn't have that. Yeah, if we don't see the separation on Josh Allen and Dak Prescott, I don't know what we're doing. That is not what's hooked to the side of I Dak's body. I just don't know what we're doing. Dak's shoulder is not connected to an arm like that. It's just not. It is just not. Uh, but I've heard the, I've heard that that talk out there over the over the last couple of days. So there's the update on Stefan Diggs after what happened over the weekend in the snow as Buffalo loses by 17 in a snowstorm at home. That one had to sting. We do the crap bag every day about 12:45. Up next, let's dig in to some Big 12 basketball where Kansas doesn't seem to be able to win lately. So crushed about that story. We'll have Zay give his thoughts on that. The rest of the conference, we'll keep talking NFL as well. Bill O'Brien headed back to the Patriots, uh, and they are not the only team that needs an offensive coordinator. We'll keep talking NFL today. We hope you are having a great Tuesday. Stay with us. It's the Horn.